Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Corner 3 Fast Break. If you've listened to our first 10 episodes, you know we have a tendency to talk to Chicago Bulls. So how excited are we to finally have our Bulls preview show with four Bulls fans, starting with none other than our Hoops hype man, Alex Derrickson? I don't even know. It's not even a catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) It's just an air horn impersonation. I think next time you should have like a Vuvuzela actually to do into the microphone. Actually, I could just do it myself. That's no, 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 no. no. (laughs) Our (laughs) bringing in our hoops historian wearing a bull shirt for this. He's uh, dressed for the occasion, none other than Sean Mackey. What's going on, guys? Awesome. Nothing like being dressed for an audio podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and our guest to discuss the Chicago Bulls this week, you can check him out on bloggable.com. This is none other than Jason. Pat, Jason, thank you so much for taking time to talk to Chicago Bulls with three diehard Bull fans. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm also rocking a sweet uh, Jimmy Butler Christmas Bulls jersey, so I'm repping for the occasion as well. Man, nice. I, feel, I feel underdressed. That's all right. I'm wearing a gray, plain V-neck. So now that we've got all go. that out of the way, I've established my fandom, and we're set. Awesome. So, uh, Jace, before we get started with the interview, why don't you tell some people about uh, your Bulls fandom, where it started, um, how they can find your articles and everything like that. So why don't you take the floor for a second before we get started with the interview. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the Chicago area. I grew up in the suburb of Elmhurst. Kind of started watching the Bulls at a super young age, and my dad watched the Bulls, like, my, I would say, like, my first Bulls memory is watching the 93 finals. I was, like, five years old, packs and England three-pointer against the Suns. And then it just kind of grew from there. Uh, I guess for my work right now, like you said, I do some – I've been writing for Bloggable for since, like, 2013, 2014. It's something like that. I think it's, like, three or four years now. And that's all Bulls stuff, obviously, SB Nation Bulls blog. And then I also run Today's Fast Break, which is a newish uh, NBA whatever, basketball, there's also WNBA, NBA draft stuff, todaysfastbreak.com. I do some writing there, but I mostly do, I'm the managing editor of the site, so a lot of other guys write for me, find a lot of good stuff there. So, but let's say most of my bull stuff is on bloggable.com, and uh, I guess uh, season, uh, training camp opening in about a month, I'll start picking up on some bull stuff, then we'll see, we'll see how the year goes. Yeah going to be an exciting one so <laughs> we'll see <laughs> now jason uh first question i'm going to ask you uh so how surprised were you that the bulls were able to sign Dwayne wade and how confused were you uh definitely very confused i remember just kind of watching the whole thing play. well i guess first of all i was more confused when they signed rondo for when they agreed to the deal with rondo first. <laughs> of course just, of course i mean that just i was like livid Livid for that, and then like the Wade stuff kind of came out of nowhere. Because like it, I always thought that he was going to end up going back to the Heat, like they because this had happened before. They'd had their squabbles, and then they figured it out. And then it kind of progressed where oh maybe he's actually not going to come back. And the, there's the Bulls stuff, and then there was kind of some of that nonsense that a Woj is tweeting about how like the Bulls tried to get to a meeting, and they like missed their flight or the flight was delayed. Now it was just it was, it was like oh, some yeah. Bulls. It's just like a complete mess. And then where, I, don't, I don't know if it was later, I don't know if it was later that same day or if it was the next day where they said, well, oh, that they they were looking to clear cap space to sign him, and then they actually got him. And I was just like, well, I I guess I, I guess I'm kind of confused about it. I mean, I, 
I can probably talk myself into getting excited about Wade. I can't get excited about Rondo in the slightest. But, I mean, Wade's <laughs> – at least Wade's like a Chicago guy. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's great. I mean, he's not as good as he used to be, but the fit is strange with him, Jimmy, and Rondo. But I don't know. It's, it'll be int- – I, I use this you, – you said exciting before. I guess I could call it interesting. Maybe it'll be exciting if everything works out well. I, I've a lot of a lot of Bulls fans have called me haters for hating on their off season. I mean, whatever. I thought it was bizarre. I wasn't really thrilled about with it, but I mean, I, I know why they did it. Trying to stay relevant, trying to get back in the playoffs, and I think they could make the playoffs. I, I'll, I'll pick them to make the playoffs. Winning anything, I don't know, but yeah, definitely strange. At any point in time, did you expect Dwayne Wade or Rajon Rondo to unzip their skin, just revealing it was a Kirk Heinrich contract extension? <laughs> I almost wish that they would have re-signed Kirk for the minimum instead of signing Rondo. And I hate Kirk. I do. I hate him now. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I used to like him in his first set with the Bulls. Just the last few years, it's just falling apart. But, yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. want to just take this time to, to say how much I'm loving having someone that just speaks our language. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. We make these dorky jokes to ourselves all the time, and everyone just looks at us funny, and they're like, who's Kirk Heinrich? You know? <laughs> so, Is that the white guy with glasses? There are yeah, so many right. people that still like love Kirk Heinrich. It's crazy to me. I don't know if you guys do, but I just... Ugh. Did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine's much, very much in the past tense. Okay, yes. yeah, good, good. There, there's still like some like people on like Twitter that like would... Not as much anymore, but like the last couple of years, we're just like get after me when I would joke about Kirk being bad, and not totally joke because he was bad. But it's like, where are these people coming from? Like, I know he used know. to be good, but he's terrible now. Just like give it up. Like, even I, I get if you like the guy, but he's just not good anymore. Let let it go. I completely agree with you. Like Alex and me, we we kind of picked up. Like I, I started become the the first Bulls game I ever watched was uh, Michael Jordan's uh, return to basketball against the Pacers back in '95. So I've been, like, hooked ever since. And there was the two or three years of Tim Floyd where I just stopped watching NBA basketball. And then when Kirk Heinrich came to the Bulls, I got super excited again because they had Scott Skiles and stuff. And then they ended up, you know, they got Ben Gordon and Lou Aldang, and they had that nice little run, you know, in the mid-2000s. And uh, Kirk was part of that, and he was great then. But, you know, I mean, the only thing you ever see when you ever see any kind of mixtapes of him or anything is him just charging at Rondo, which yeah. <laughs> is hilarious now that, you know, he's our point guard. And now we have Dwayne Wade, another player that, you know, Chicago Bulls players or fans hated for, for years and years. Absolutely. And so I, I, I have a really hard time liking Rondo or Wade because of the, you know, the, the battles we've had in the past. So like you know, it, it's going to be kind of a, a kind of a weird season, but uh, it, like you said, it's going to be very interesting. So and, and to, to kind of build off that, I mean, yeah, we talked about you've got the Jordan era, you've got that weird Bizarro Tim Floyd era, and everything too, and you kind of get that rebuilding with Heinrich, with Dang, with Gordon, Noach, and everybody, and you build that that little nest egg of of a future, and you get Tibbs, the team finally establishes that identity and everything like that, then. This was last year kind of felt like a holding pattern, where it was like, well, let's just take what Tibbs did and put it in the hands of, of this guy, uh, <laughs> who I'm not, I think they just put a suit on a tree, but it's you, it, it doesn't work. So the offseason, they pull the trigger, they pull a bunch of trades and, and moves that aren't for Kirk Heinrich, shockingly. And so heading into the season, we, we coined it the Bullzaro era or the Bizarro Bulls. Uh, 
what is your expectation? Like, what is what is this team? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. Like I said, it's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a weird fit. Like, I mean, like there's talent there. Like, Rondo and Wade are talented. Jimmy Butler is obviously really good. Like, Robin Lopez is a solid center. Nico, I'm, I was ho- I was all aboard the Nico train last year, and then that kind of just that stunk at the beginning of the year, and he kind of came on late. I'm hoping he's actually good. Who knows what to make of like Doug McDermott? Tony Snell is terrible. Denzel <laughs> Valentine could be all right. I mean, they have a bunch of like decently talented players. I just have no idea how it's going to fit together offensively. A lot's been made about three point shooting. It's probably going to be a problem. Obviously, like Wade and Butler could get to the line a decent amount, but just three ball dominant players, the three alphas. They like they're going to call themselves that. I mean, none of them. I mean, Jimmy is legitimately an alpha player. Rondo is not anymore. Wade has passed his prime. But even as much as the offensive fits a problem, I'm still worried about the defense being an issue because sure if, because but, if Ron, yeah I mean if Rondo had, used to be a good defender but the last few years he's like infamously terrible. You read stuff from like Kings bloggers, Kings fans, and they just said that it was a joke. I mean maybe that was just he didn't like George Carl and George Carl didn't give a crap about defense. I don't know, but the last couple and the Mavericks with the Mavericks it was a disaster too. So. I, that's bad. I mean, Wade is a declining defender. He's just getting old, and it's the way it is. I mean, obviously Jimmy's good, but he's kind of slipped from the last few years because of the, all the offense. He's or all the focus put on offense. Sure. Rolos, Rolos, solid, but I don't know if he can anchor a defense as well as like a prime Noah could. And then you have guys like Nico's all right, and then if you're going to be playing Doug big minutes, like that's a dis- defensive disaster waiting to happen. Denzel, I'm not expecting to be a good defender, so it's like. Besides the offensive issues, you worry about the defense, too. And it seems like it's just all going to come together where they have enough talent to be pretty good. Like I said, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think I did a podcast thing with uh, SB Nation's Ricky O'Donnell, who also writes for Vloggable, like a, like a month or so after they signed Wade and Rondo. And I think we put an over-under. I think we said, like, 43-and-a-half wins. So, like, six or seven seed in the East. Best-case scenario, maybe they get up to, like, the four or the five. But that's everything going right. I don't think everything sure. is going to go right. But then it got, I think it could also just be a spectacular disaster as well, which I wouldn't really care about because maybe if it was a disaster, <laughs> they'd finally pull, like, actually pull the trigger on like an actual rebuild instead of doing what they did now. So I, I've, said, I've also said this multiple times that I think the variance of where the season could go could be is pretty wild. They could be pretty good top four, top five seed, but it could all, they could also be terrible and miss the playoffs again. <laughs> Well, when you look at it, I know there was the whole gripe that that whatever Hoyball is didn't work with Rose and Butler, so they retooled the roster and everything. You know, you get rid of you know the declining Noah leaves. We get Robin Lopez. We build around you know Rope, uh, Rondo Wade and everything like that. So, the dying question here: What is Hoyball? How does it work? What that, is it? That is that is a great question because we thought Hoyball was like they're going to push the pace and they're going to shoot three pointers. And now they have three guards that can't shoot three-pointers. Dwayne Wade doesn't really push the pace. I guess Rondo kind of does. But Rondo, I know I've seen some stats where he's not really a good transition player. He turns the ball over a lot. Jimmy is more of a slow-it-down type guy, too. That was, I think, one of the complaints last year was that Jimmy would sabotage Hoyball by really pounding the ball and slowing it down. So you got he does that. Wade slows the ball down. Rondo's a ball pounder, even if he does, sometimes pushes the pace. So it's like... I don't know where this pushing of the pace and all this hoy ball three pointer stuff is going to come from. So it's like, I, it's pretty just a myth at this point. <laughs> That's right, it is. I mean, last year what last year wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a total disaster, but I mean, they were forty two and forty. 
They still somehow were first in attendance, which was really surprising. They're always first in attendance. They've been first in attendance. I mean, they were even after Jordan retired. I'm pretty sure throughout those years they were still yeah. selling, selling yeah. out games. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible. But uh, so we talk about big men with the Bulls. They have it, it's it, there's some very strange options this year, and I, I think that like everyone would have to agree that. Uh, the success of their team is gonna, one of their big men is going to have to step up for them to be able to do anything this season. And uh, like, I don't know if anyone from the four spot is going to be able to do that. Like uh, Nicola kind of regressed a little bit last year, I guess. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't great. And we had Bobby Portis. He's shown some signs that, you know, he can actually, you know, play and I'm, I'm excited for him if they can actually get him out there and I, I actually like to see him start a few games some crappy ones anyway and uh Felicio uh he's decent too who who do you see out of the three of those guys making an impact if any like I said I mentioned I was hoping Nik- Nikola Miritich would break out last year it didn't really happen like you said first half of the year he definitely regressed I know if you look at his splits after the all-star break he was still a bit inconsistent but his three-point shooting was a lot better so you kind of hope that he can carry that over. He played well, with, pretty well with Spain, the Olympics, the last game against, or that game against the U.S. Notwithstanding, he didn't do anything. He was in foul trouble. So you basically just hope that. I feel like he's going to be a big key there. Uh, just, especially with the three-point shooting, the Bulls are going to need that when you look at when you have Rondo, Wade, and Butler. They're going to need that guy at the four to spread the floor, hit some threes. So I'm hoping Nico can be that guy. I don't know if he'll. He, I don't think he'll ever kind of blossom into the guy that we'd hoped he would be. As in, like a, it's kind of the guy we saw in his rookie year when he averaged like 20 points a game in March. There's just not enough shots for him to go around when you have Wade, Rondo, and Butler with the ball. But if he can be a guy that can spot up and shoot close to 40 percent from three, be passable on defense. I think that would be that absolutely be huge for this team. That's I think him reaching whatever potential you see him as is is, is going to be huge for them being, if they're going to be any good, that's going to be huge. And if you look at those other big guys you named, Lopez is going to have to be a defensive stop in the middle. Felicio has showed some really nice things. Hopefully he's good. Portis is kind of a wild card. He showed some nice things in summer league. Last year he was overall pretty bad. He's got a nice jump shot, so that's nice. He's got to improve a lot defensively. I think he was a disaster there on the defensive end last year. He's got the tools there to be there. He's pretty athletic. He can shoot. He's pretty long. So you hope he just gets better in terms of like defensive awareness. He was he can he's another guy like I said can space the floor. So it's definitely going to be an interesting mix. And then you still have Taj Gibson in there who can play defense. You kind of know what you're getting from Taj at this point. He's a solid defender. He's hurt all the time. He's not the best offensive player, <laughs> but he at least tries hard. And he's he's kind of like that last guy from the, one of the last guys from like the Tibbs era. Just one of those try hard defensive players. And I, I think he'll be if the Bulls are going to be good. I think he'll be important just from the defensive le- leadership standpoint. Sure. So, Jason, kind of going back to the start of the summer, um, obviously the divorce that was needed, uh, Derek Rose going to New York. Um, when you look at the trade parts, I mean, I'm going to be biased until I can probably tell you guys all day how good I think Jerry and Grant will be from watching him for four <laughs> years. But um, obviously, you know, getting guys like Lopez, uh, Jose Calderon, who they obviously shipped to L.A. Um, you know, first off, your thoughts on the deal. Obviously, I think we can all agree that it's longer. it was overdue by a year or two. Uh, the second part, you know, what did you think about what came in return? Yeah, I mean, the, the Rose thing was obviously tough. Like, obviously, he was so good in 2011, but just 
at this point, they they had to move on from him. It seemed like the Jimmy and him thing just wasn't working. And based on like what was reported out there in terms of like when they were trying what they were trying to ship, I know there was a Casey article that said that other teams were looking for like the Bulls to attach a first round pick. So the fact that the Bulls got a start, legitimate starting center in Robin Lopez, he's not great, solid starting center. Jerry and Grant, at least a, a guard with potential, a slashing guard with potential. Maybe he can develop a three point shot. He had some moments in summer league. I mean, I feel like that's the best you could have really expected for an expiring Derrick Rose who hasn't really been – he wasn't been himself as an impact player since basically before he tore his ACL. So, I mean, for an expiring contract like that, I think getting what they got is really the best you could have expected out of it. And then when you, you mentioned Summer League, and, you know, Jerry was on that team, won the Summer League MVP. Denzel played on that team. Um, they obviously won Summer League, so we can hang that seventh banner at the United Center finally. Long overdue. Ooh. Um, <laughs> what do you feel about the Young Bulls core? We can talk about these veterans and where they're at and how we're all extremely unoptimistic about what this year could be. Uh, but, if, you know, I feel like when you, what we saw from the Summer League team, being that I know it's Summer League and not real NBA ball, um, what, did you feel, what do you feel about the Young core and guys that they could have really t- be potential players off the bench? Yeah, uh, like, you said, like you said, Summer League, you got to take a grand assault, but I think they at least could have the potential to be at least a fun group. Like, I'm not sure, like especially this year, since Valentine's a rookie, Portis is still developing. Grant is almost, for all intents and purposes, almost a rookie because he didn't play that much last year with the Knicks. So I'm not sure how, how good they'll be, but I think if you look at that bench unit, we talk about Hoyball, the bench unit might be able to play Hoyball. If you look at a guy like, if you're playing like Grant, Valentine, Doug, Portis and like Felicio, if like that's your bench unit, that's a team that could play up tempo. That's a team that can shoot a, a unit that could shoot some three pointers. I don't know if they could actually stop anybody, but I think that might be what Hoy Ball is: is they play up tempo, they shoot threes, and they can't play any defense. So that might be it. So they could at least be exciting. Like I don't know if any of those guys are going to be like any like star players, but I think there's at least some guys there who could be solid role players looking into the future. And if they do end up rebuilding at some point, where it's like, hey, these guys could be solid pieces, not not centerpieces, but at least guys you, could, you can have on the team for a while. Uh, when we're looking at the roster and everything, call me crazy, but am I crazy to think that the signing of Isaiah Cannon might be one of the more understated moves that the Bulls made this year? Uh, I would probably say you're a little crazy there. Because for, I, haven't, I, didn't, <laughs> I can't say I, I've watched that much Sixers basketball because who would watch a lot of Sixers basketball <laughs> the last few years? But from what I've felt, he's basically terrible besides his... I guess he can spot up shooting. He's got pretty good spot up shooting numbers, and the Bulls need that, so maybe that would be all right. But I know from there's a few like Sixers bloggers I follow on Twitter, and they basically were just talking about how terrible Isaiah Canan or Cannon Canan, however you say his name. Ah, who knows? Uh, but I, but I guess like I guess <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Is he understated? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess though with the Sixers because they basically had no idea. I mean, well, we're, they were obviously tanking, and he might have been forced into a position where he was playing too much point guard and he was handling the ball too much and basically jacking up terrible shots, and that probably didn't help, and he's not really a good defender. Maybe if they put him in a really niche role of coming off the bench, if they need some quick scoring and he can spot up and shoot threes, maybe he can be a decent player like that. I I, I, I think I'd probably prefer not to see that much of him this year. But <laughs> sure. I, guess, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll see. So I, the real question is, is he this year's Gennaro Pargo? <laughs> oh, man, Pargo. Honestly, I... I kind of loved Pargo. One of the best Bulls moments, I I think it was, I don't know if it was the 2004 playoffs. I guess it ended up being bad, but it was against the Wizards. I was at the game. I don't know if it was, I can't remember what game it was, but Pargo scored like 10 points in like a minute and like brought the Bulls back. 
And the Gilbert Arenas hit a last-second buzzer beater to beat the Bulls. So it took the air out of the arena. But Pargo, like, in a playoff game, Gennaro freaking Pargo brought the Bulls back from, like, 8 or 10 points in, like, the last minute or two. And it was wild. I would take that. I would do that if Canan was able to provide that. Coincidentally, one of my favorite Bulls moments is Sean almost shitting his pants and having an aneurysm in the middle of Banker's Life Fieldhouse when Gennaro Pargo shot the Bulls out of a game. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. I was in the <laughs> I was in the nosebleeds, just screaming. There's nobody up there at all. Nobody. This is like during like was it like the Michael Dunleavy era of Pacers? It was. It was pre pre Vogel. It was it was the season pre Rose took over. Okay, yeah, and it was pre Rose. It was the year. Was it the year before Rose? It may have been. I think it may have been the year that before Rose got there, and I I'm just up there just screaming and i mean there's nobody in the seats up there and i'm just like i'm trying to i'm just screaming at vinnie del negro get him out of there get him out of there <laughs> so rose yeah rose would have been there if del negro was there yeah okay yeah it was yeah, probably so one of, it was okay. rose's rookie year then okay that's what it was yeah okay uh, that was a fantastic event <laughs> <laughs> so jason um there's a theory going around too about the Bulls of like you know free agents signing these big name players and things like that. That and there's this like I guess this ghost of Michael Jordan where a lot of people don't want to go there because they want to be in the shadow of MJ. What is your take on that theory? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I mean, I would probably say no. I mean, at this point, I feel like if I, I, would, I guess I would get it if it was like right after MJ. But MJ hasn't played there in eighteen what, years. Twenty, 18. yeah, 20, eighteen years yeah. now. Like. I feel like you would hope that guys, that really great players, would be competitive enough for that not to be like a big issue. Like, I would, I, so I would say, I would probably lean towards no on that one. Like, so I, I could see it going through their head maybe a little bit, but like, if that, if that was really like turning people off, I feel like screw them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, so. How retooling the roster, kind of tangentially going back to the roster and everything, re, with the retooling, as as Gar so aptly put it, uh, <laughs> how wide is Fred Hoiberg's window to be successful now that they've kind of given him a roster that they think he can work with and they've got rid of the stuff that, like, At this point, at, at what point do you give up on the Fred Hoiberg experiment and interview one other candidate to take over? <laughs> That's honestly a great question because I feel like if Hoiberg like just if this like all falls apart and Hoiberg gets canned, like you would think Gar has to go too, right? I mean this this is basically his guy. Completely this is, agree. This is Completely Gar's agree. guy. So like if if Hoiberg flames out, I mean Gar's got to be the next one out the door. And I feel like that's the thing. Like I have no idea like what Jerry Reinsdorf or Michael Ryan, whoever the heck is running the team these days, Jerry Michael Reinsdorf. I feel like Paxson has the job for life. I don't think he'll ever go anywhere. But I feel like there's there's kind of been seeds of discontent obviously there's been all the all those stories about the mess in the front office but i feel like maybe they're setting it up where if it does flame out then gar and after this year then gar and paxton or not paxton gar and fred go and then paxton will get to hire his guy and and they'll just go from there so i guess if they're like decent this year i don't think they would fire fred and guard now but if this falls apart i think they could be both be fired after this season so there's almost a part of me that hopes it does fall apart. So then it would lead to, like I said, lead to Gar and Fred getting out, maybe leading to them actually doing more of a rebuild. And then it's kind of starting more, starting fresh with 
with the younger players not going like the veteran route, which is almost kind of like the the White Sox do, all that kind of garbage. But yeah, so like I I would say I wouldn't say Fred's on the hot seat this year, but unless they like unless it goes really goes really south, then I think sure. he could be gone. Yeah. It, now this off season, like we're gonna go back to the NBA draft this year. There were a bunch of rumblings that. Jimmy Butler was going to get traded. It really looked like he was going to get traded if you were reading Twitter. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, back and forth, back and forth. And then there's a tweet, like, that comes up. Oh, it's an, it's it's almost, it, you know, it's it's progressing, it's progressing, it's progressing. And then finally, there, David Aldridge comes out of nowhere, and he's just like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really know what happens on draft night, but how would you have felt about the Bulls just going ahead and doing a full rebuild and getting rid of Butler this last season. Yeah, I would have been fine with it if they got the right stuff back in the trade. Like, I didn't want it. Like, I'm a fan of Butler. I know a lot of people didn't like how things went with Butler last year. I, I kind of get it. He kind of got a big head. It seemed like his, his attempts at leadership were a failure. So I kind of I get where people are coming from with just wanting to start completely fresh. And I think if they could have found the right deal with the Celtics or the Wolves, like, I would have been totally fine with it. You just... Get a bunch of young guys in there. You you let Fred maybe you let Fred run his system with all these young guys and kind of see where it goes. If they're maybe if they're really bad this upcoming season, they get another high draft pick and to, to add that. So, but it doesn't seem like when he, like trade the trades that were out there, they were offered like we t- the Timberwolves. It was like Zach Levine in the fifth pick. Like that wouldn't have been enough for me. Like Jimmy Butler is a really good player. He's a top fifteen, top twenty player. Like Zach Levine's good. Chris Dunst should be a good player. But like those are two guys. As of right now, neither, I, I wouldn't expect either guy to be better than but, what Butler is right now. I mean, he's an yeah. Olympian, really, like I said, top 15, 20 player. And you look at the Celtics offers, those were, from what it seemed, it was like one, it was, what, the number three pick, like the number 16 pick, and then like one of their decent players. Like, like that's, again, okay. Like, but again, it's still, it's not that great. Like, I, I've, when I was talking, when I was like saying stuff on Twitter and just talking about what I would want in a Jimmy Butler trade, like, you look at the Celtics, you would want those Nets picks. Like this, And this upcoming draft is supposed to be loaded, and the Nets are going to be terrible, and they had that pick swap. So if you were able to get, like, number three, maybe one of their decent players, and then one of those net, one or both of those Nets picks, both would probably be a bit too much. But get in on that, maybe you get not, you'd only, not only get a top five pick from the Nets, or maybe possibly even number one, but maybe you're bad enough from the Bulls, and you're looking at two high lottery picks, and you can do your full rebuild. It doesn't seem like that was ever on the table. So I'm glad that they held on to Butler. Like I said, not thrilled about what they did after that. But and, and maybe we'll see. Maybe if the season falls apart, they do look at trading Butler again. But as of right now, based on what the offer's on the table, I'm glad they did hold on to Butler. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, Jason... We're going to put you in the seat of Gar Foreman. You get to be the scarecrow that protects the crops that is the Chicago (laughs) Bulls organization. So you get to sign one player that is a a B, B minus or lower grade player to the roster that you think gets the Bulls over the hump. It can be anyone, rostered, non-rostered, whatever. But you can't do like the LeBrons, the Steph Currys. You can't pick the easy choices. Who is a guy that you would put on the Bulls roster that you think gets them to not necessarily maybe over the hump for this case, but maybe at the hump or the next step? 
But who, who is someone that you, when you look at, you're like, that's a good player we could need? Uh, my reference is usually like a Tony Allen or a James Posey kind of guy. But for, for the Bulls, who who do you think the Bulls could use? So this this is anybody? Like, literally yeah. it could be anybody. In the, besides, like the super, besides, like, the superstar players. Oh, yeah. man. Right. Right. That's really, that's really tough. I've always lamented... I know J.J. Redick is a guy who I think could really help, like a really solid role player. They signed, they signed him to an offer sheet before they signed Kyle Korver in 2010. He is getting a little older, but he's just a guy, especially with the way the roster is built right now with these non-shooting. A shooting guard like that who could run off screens, who could shoot a great percentage from three. J.J. Redick has turned himself into a really good freaking player with the Clippers. A guy like him, so I think a guy like him on the wing would be really helpful. Uh I'm looking at somebody else. I feel like they could really use probably a guy, probably like a really like so Robin Lopez is pretty good, but probably also like a really legitimate rim protector. Maybe toss like a Rudy Gobert in there to play center to to help cover for some of the defensive issues that they do have with Rondo sure. being a problem, and you got other problems on the wing with like I said Denzel and Doug could be a problem playing together on the wing. So you have a legitimate. A plus like rim protector and Gobert to help clean up some of that mess. So I think those are a couple of guys that I think would be would be really nice to have. Like I said, legit rim protector and then like Reddick's not really totally three and D, but I guess those are probably the two types of players I'd like. And just Reddick off the top of my head, I guess like a Danny Green type would be another decent decent option. Three and D rim protector would be like the prototype guys I'd look at. Yeah, because I mean, I, I agree 100% with that. Because even just kind of looking over the roster now, it seems like they kind of lack that what Richard Hamilton brought to the team when he was made of glass and still managed to squeeze a couple games out of him. Yeah. But he was really good at moving without the ball and kind of creating his own shots and things like that. And that's something that I think the roster the roster really has lacked and off and on for years. Oh yeah, absolutely. I and mean, they they were searching for a two guard forever. Like they kind of cycled through Corver. Bogans, like Rip, Rip, Rip seemed like a great idea at the time, but Tavo. he was just past has a Tabo. He was just past his Rip was just past his prime. He said he was made in glass. He was going in his hyperbaric chamber every other day, and that was never never helping him out. But if they were searching for those guys all the time, and then they kind of found Butler as their two guard, then he just ended up being too like so good. Now they could use another one of those gluish, said three and D type guys, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe uh, I don't even know who else on the roster they would have right now who could honestly even turn into that. Like I, said, I don't think Denzel is going to be three and D. That sure as hell is not going to be Doug. If only Tony Snell was. In, <laughs> if only Tony Snell was in a hot pile of useless garbage, maybe he he could be like an ideal ideal candidate because he's long and his shot looks nice. It just never goes in when you when you think it will. So yeah, he he has been so disappointing, yeah. Jason. If 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 you had to. This the roster that's constructed right now. Someone's going to get traded this year. I, my pick, I, I think it's going to be Taj because, like you said, he's kind of the too. last piece yeah. of the, the Tibbs era. But if you had to, you had a gut feeling on who's going to end up getting moved by perhaps the trade deadline. What would you say? And who I, would I, you get? Who would you get for him? Hoiberg is also an option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would probably agree with you in terms of Taj. It just, I've been waiting for Taj to get traded forever. Like I said, I've always, Taj has always been really a team player. He was he was those last few years when Boozer were around. Taj was basically better than Boozer, and he he still was he was finishing games. He's coming off the bench, so he's always been great guy. Seems a great guy in the locker room just in terms of leadership. He's always bringing it. But at this point, he's what is he thirty thirty one now? He's 
feet are getting hurt. His his legs, his feet, whatever you want to say, he's hurt all the time. So I think he's he's got a reasonable contract. I think I think he's an ex, is he an expiring or does he have two years left? I don't even remember, but he just seems like it would it seems like it would make sense to just trade him and kind of he said whisk away that older era. Well, in terms of what you could get for him, maybe you hope for like a late first mid to late first round draft pick. Maybe you get a young player out of it, a young guy with potential that maybe hasn't really blossomed into something yet, but maybe with a new with a new scenery, he he would. A guy with potential, like I said, if you're looking to retool with younger players, get younger and more athletic. I don't have a name for you. That'd be good right now. I'd have to look into that more. But like I said, I, I would agree that Taj would make the most sense to get dealt. How long before, just in the career scope of things, does Taj fulfill his destiny and suit up for the Spurs? Oh, man. Let's see, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think if there's any guys on the Spurs that would make sense. Maybe uh, the Spurs will trade us Kyle Anderson. That, that would get you really more athletic, slow-mo Kyle Anderson, but young, decent player. There you go. I don't know, but... It seems like every time Taj's a... name come up in rumors, I'm just like, go to the Spurs, go to the Spurs, go to the Spurs. <laughs> One of the stupid yeah. trade rumors I saw was like they're gonna try to package him and Robin for Brooke. I was like, Brooklyn wouldn't do that. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially when you know the player they'd be trading is in the name of the city. Why would you do that? Right, right. Uh, it just makes too makes much sense, sense for the headlines. Yeah. How, like, every New York publication printed Rose Garden for the trade. <laughs> it's like, it's funny the first time. Too easy, yeah. Because they didn't go to Portland. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the trade gets rescinded for knee-related problems. Ooh, so, yeah. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the bold prediction from you for the bull season this year? Like, if you could just go out on a limb, prognosticate a little bit here... Uh, What's uh what what would you see down the the glorious road that is this questionable Bulls season? So like in terms of like their like record or like what that's gonna happen or like one specific thing or oh if you want I mean if you want to go record if you want to go Foreman wins executive of the year I mean whatever you know whatever you think's gonna happen <laughs> oh let's see be crazy I, I, I in terms of I, in terms of their record I'm not gonna be bold at all like I said I pretty much think they're gonna win like low 40s again and sneak into the playoffs as a late seed. I'm saying if there's like any like player development wise where I want to be like bold and say, yeah, this guy's going to be really good, and I Tony just Snow. De- <laughs> definitely not Tony Snow. <laughs> I just I might just have to get back like, on, the, on the Nico train. Maybe I'll get on like the Felicio hype train, and he's going to end up playing like 20, 25 minutes a game and be like really good for them. Uh, so let's see. I'm, I'm going to predict again that Nico is going to break out. I did it last year; it was wrong, so that's going to happen again. And then I'm going to jump aboard the Felicio hype, hype trip. I, I've, I've shut down other people for getting on that, but damn it, why not? I don't even know, because I have nothing else. Like, I, Do I think Doug McDermott's going to like be awesome all of a sudden? No. No, I saw he's training with Jimmy Butler in like some island. It looks great, but I don't know if that's going to really help anything. So just give me, give me that, and then maybe either that or we can get real crazy and say Rajon Rondo fights – Fred Hoiberg, 20 games in the season, and they have to like, cut him or something. 20? Man, I said five. <laughs> well, you know what they say, man. A broken clock's right twice a day, so I'm yeah. sure at some point something like this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, just def- I'm definitely waiting. I don't even know if that's really a bold prediction, but basically it seems too predictable that as much as Fred Hoiberg says he's watching his film sessions with Rondo and think, think, thinks it's going to be great, 
I feel like it's not going to be great. Just, I mean, Rondo's just a crazy mercurial dude who seems to fight with everybody at this point. So I feel like that, he's that, just going to run all over Fred. That was that was what I thought when like the Bulls signed Rajon Rondo, and I'm just like, he hated George Carl. Like, what is he? What is he going to do to Fred Raper? Like, I yeah, I like feel almost bad for Fred at this point. Just with with the team they're giving him, just seems to make no sense. And Rondo's a goofball and. I mean, there were the problems with Jimmy last year. I, I don't know. I don't know, really. Yeah, he's, he's been doomed from the start. I mean, they, they yeah. gave him the wrong team to operate with. You know, they said last year, you know, they gave him that team, and he couldn't he couldn't do anything with them. So, I, you know, and I, I have no idea what he's going to do this year. But I, I give this experiment one more season. That's going to be my, my bold prediction. But, dude, if they end up in the lottery, they have a loaded, loaded 20, 2017 NBA draft yeah, this year. That would be, that would be nice. I, I, w- I would I, not be Let's tank. Let's yeah. tank. Let's yeah. tank. I, I wanted to do it last year, but they didn't want to. <laughs> I'll take anyone that's on Duke this year and put them on our team. That's fine with me. Yes. yes. So are, are there parallels, I mean, to, to Hoiberg's situation, to, like, what Vinny Del Negro walked into? Uh, or do you think, like, one was gifted a better situation? Like, it just seems like they do these transitional coaching eras where, like, you have, like, Floyd and everybody pre-Skiles, you have Del Negro pre-Tibbs, and you have Hoiberg pre-God knows what's going to happen. But it, it, are there parallels, I mean, between I, I, these I two? Would, I would say no. Vinny legitimately seemed like they weren't sure about that. I mean, I feel like after the Tibbs thing and the way they talked Fred up and the way that guard that it seemed obvious that Fred was the choice from the start, I think they legitimately had high expectations for him. They legitimately thought that Hoyball was going to be the right play for the team last year, and I think they legitimately thought it was going to be great, and then it just blew up in their face, and it was, like I said, I don't want to be a bad bulls for me, like, rooting against them, but it was kind of hilarious. Just watching, like, all the stuff with Tibbs happen and all and all that and how that went down, just and how, the, like, the way they fired him with that statement, how, like, kind of smug it all was. And then for Fred, and then to know Fred was the coach. Basically, everyone knew it was going to happen. They hired him basically right away. They didn't interview anyone else, and then it just all blew up spectacular in their face. It was kind of like, yeah, suck it, guys! Like, way to, way to go, way to, way to blow. <laughs> They'll it. teach you to put glitter on a pimple. <laughs> exactly. So, well, they, they they pretended to look for a coach for like three days, you know? <laughs> yeah. and I know well, exactly. I think Zach Lowe mentioned, you know, something on Twitter like, oh, I guess this, this is when the Bulls go after their, you know, go on their long, uh, arduous journey for a new coach, and everybody knew it was going to be Fred from a year before. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's crazy if you go back and read, like, uh, conflicting statements Gar has made regarding Tibbs, and, like, he paints Tibbs in, like, whatever light suits Gar's decisions, because I know when they when they got rid of Tibbs and they were bringing in Hoiberg, the line that was used was, we had some success with Tom, but then when they introduced Rajan and, and Dwayne Wade and everything, Gar Foreman made the statement that in the past few years, they were the most winning franchise. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, you can't you can't do that. You're eating your cake and you're trying to have your cake and this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because they love, they love spouting that line about all, all these playoff games in a row. We've been like the, one of the be- having the best records over like the last, whatever, eight or 10 years in the Eastern conference. It's like, well, that's because Thibodeau like dragged some of those terrible, those not terrible teams, but all those injured teams. You could argue that maybe he had something to do with that, but he took those terrible teams and got some of those, Low talent injured teams got them to the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, it, all the tip stuff was so ridiculous. I I would love for him to have like a, write a tell-all book someday 
about what really happened. I would I would read that. You would be written in caps. Yeah, no, I, would, I would be first in line to buy that book and read it like straight through right when it came out because I can only imagine some of the stuff that would be in there. If he actually told all, it'd be awesome. Jason, did you let chance go to the uh, game of the United Center with Team USA? Say that again? Did you let chance go to the Team USA game with the United Center? That. I was there. I drove up, and the reaction for Tibbs got the biggest like round reaction of the night. It was basically the greatest thing that's ever. Awesome. And you're gonna see his face awesome. like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Insert the Tibbs laughing. Emoji. I love using that. It was like my Twitter avatar for a while. The Tibbs laughing emoji because it, it turned out great for him. He whatever the Bulls fire him, and then the Bulls fall apart. He takes a year off, goes down to like all the teams, and then he ends up with the Timberwolves, and he has Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. He's in a great spot. It worked out great for him. <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we're, I'm super happy for him. I'm yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a Timberwolves bandwagoner this year. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm like really excited for them just because I love the makeup of their young roster. And yeah, he, you're right. He's he had he walked into like a perfect situation with them. He's going to be so great for those young guys. And you know, and I'm jealous. I'm like jealous because. <laughs> We could have we could have had more years of Tibbs if you know we didn't have a a front office that like actually tried to fight people. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like your grandpa that won't get rid of the recliner that's obviously busted because he's just had it for so long. That's how I feel <laughs> my fandom with the Bulls. It's like, well, I can't get rid of the recliner. <laughs> it's got my butt print in it. It's perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the on the Tibbs note too, and the and the Butler trade rumors, I'm kind of laughing. I know I had some guys write this for today's fast break. Just imagining Tibbs and Gar Garpax negotiating a trade for Jimmy Butler just has me laughing. And just like I can't imagine the those two those two sides talking back and forth after how that all went down. Like Tibbs is trying to tra- trade for the Bulls' best player, and I guard and Pax is probably just like. No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, they probably had no chance from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. But they prob- that they probably just let him on for a little while, yeah. and you know they were like, "There's no way we're going to yeah. trade him," you know. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be an interesting one. It sure, sure is. ESPN's FIP projected them to win 37.8 games this year. Yikes! I I, I don't think they'll. Well, I, I guess I, I guess I said they could be that bad. I think they will be a little bit better. It wouldn't surprise me if they were worse. Like I said, I, not, honestly, I don't know if anything would surprise me other than being like really, really good. Then I'd be surprised. <laughs> Maybe number two in attendance would that surprise you? It probably would be. Though I said the Bulls are—they sell out every game, like no matter what. But maybe, maybe now the fans aren't actually. But Dwayne Wade around—they're going to sell tickets. I said, right. there's, there's a decent amount of Bulls fans that are kind of like us and are kind of like. I've had kind of enough of this regime and screw this, but there's so many just casual Bulls fans and who are gonna like the Dwayne, who cheer for Dwayne Wade. I, I kind of get that. Dwayne Wade will be cool to cool to cheer for just because it is Dwayne Wade. He's a Chicago guy, so like so they're gonna accomplish what they want. They're, they'll be relevant. They'll sell their tickets. They'll probably get some playoff revenue out of it because they'll probably be just good enough to get in. It's all, all is good. Financial champs once again, <laughs> and we'll be here screaming in our echo chamber. Yep. Do you think do you think Wade lasted two years on his deal? Uh that's a good question. I feel like he won't opt I feel like he'll opt in. Because I think because I know with the cap not going up as high as uh they expected or it looks like I think it's only gonna be like hundred two million next year instead of like the hundred eight, hundred ten initially thought. I feel like him opting out really wouldn't get him more money at this point in his career because I don't think 
he was declining last year, and I don't think he's going to be that much better this year with the team that they have. So I feel like he'll probably opt in, and then after that, who knows? Maybe the maybe he'll recruit Team Banana Boat to the Bulls. That's been that's like my my dream. Uh, LeBron, Melo, Wade, and Chris Paul when they're all like thirty six years old, they're going to come to Chicago for one final run. Team Banana Boat hashtag. <laughs> Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Well, Jason, thank you for helping us get our Bulls fixed because we end up talking Bulls like 20 minutes per podcast sometimes. So really appreciate you coming on and being able to spend some time with us. Um, before we let you get out of here, man, again, like I said, really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and get a shout-out, like uh, your, shout-out your websites again, your Twitter, hand, your Twitter handle, and how people can get uh, can contact you and talk with you. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I write for bloggable.com. That's SB Nation's Bulls blog. I'm managing editor today's fast break. Dot com. Uh, you can follow them at, at today's fast break. Uh, and my personal Twitter account is bulls underscore J. That won't all be bulls, even though the uh, Twitter handle says bulls. But like right now, basically, it's like all Cubs. The Cubs are really good, so I enjoy tweeting about them. There's 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 nothing good about to tweet about the bulls right now. And usually, when I tweet about the bulls, I just get fans saying I'm a big hater. So, <laughs> but when the season starts again, I will be tweeting plenty of bulls from there. Like I said, at bulls underscore J bloggable.com today's fastbreak.com so let's do another one of these come all-star break just to see how we feel oh absolutely i, I always love doing stuff like this I appreciate you got you guys uh, having me on this is a lot of fun awesome well thanks again thanks, jason. jason we do appreciate it and before we get out of here this is the corner three podcast be sure to check us out on itunes stitcher we're on facebook at the corner three basketball twitter the corner three pod instagram corner three pod and of course the corner three dot net on behalf of sean And Alex, thank you guys again, and have a good night. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.